This podcast is sponsored by Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Hello, welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast. My name is Patch, and this is the regular show, as it's become known, because we now have three shows, for those who don't know. Uh, episode 191 of the regular show, which started eight years ago, but obviously since the pandemic, we started a couple of extra shows, Bristol City content related, uh, the bonus show, as it as it was known uh, as a one-off, uh, that kept going for the last three years, so uh that's all about Bristol City and post-match reaction. And then Robins Reunited, where we get two ex-Bristol City players back together. But that's the two Bristol City shows. This is not Bristol City related, although we may talk about Bristol City a little bit. Um, but joining me on this podcast is Matt Withers. Matt, how are you? I'm all right. Thank you, Patch. Yeah, yeah not too bad at all. Excellent. And uh, the, the last few episodes, for those who haven't checked it out, episode 190, we had the Shucks on, a Bristol country band who actually went to the top of the country UK charts uh, for the weekend when they launched their most recent single. And we're actually number 34 in the overall UK charts as well that weekend. So if you haven't listened to that and you like a bit of country music and supporting local, then please do check that out. Episode 189, Matt, you would join me for that one. An evening with Gaza with special guest interviews. That was quite an evening, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Um, sort of when you, you get to meet one of your, your football heroes and an icon like Gaza. Um, yeah, it was a, a special night. Obviously, some some familiar faces as well there. Um, and quite an entertaining evening, wasn't there? He yeah. had some plenty of, plenty of stories. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, and a little bit of news from today. So today they announced the top 30 Bristol podcasts. And uh, Matt, I shared it with you earlier, but we came fourth out of the top 30 in Bristol podcast. But if I tell you about the top three, so yeah. number one, Appearance Matters. This is a, uh, a, a the Centre for Appearance Research. <laughs> uh basic based at the university west of england so you know that's you know they're paid to do that then number two is the transforming society podcast which again is a university bristol university third is the bristol city podcast the official podcast where they release the press conferences and fourth was us so we are to the number one organic podcast matt yeah, I mean, I'm 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 gunning for top spot, mate. You know, you know me. I'm never happy with uh, unless it's number one. But no, I mean, <laughs> I I think in fairness, mate, all, all your hard work, um, and obviously, you know, my limited involvement and obviously Rich's involvement as well. But yeah, absolutely. I know we've got a lot of dedicated followers on the the bonus show, and similarly with the Robins Reunited. So no, that's um, yeah, but there's definitely great. been definitely been some crossover over over the years so people yeah. who have joined in to listen to the bonus show and robin's reunited have started checking out some of the content on uh, and, on the regular show and, and people that just love your voice mate well yeah exactly you know sends me to sleep um <laughs> so to today's episode uh so at the beginning of the season well earlier than that uh there was an announcement about the new sponsor 
of Bristol City and Bristol Sport. And uh, we were happened to be looking for a sponsor for our podcast for the Bristol City Bonus Show. And so we approached David Hill, the head of brand at Habu. And we got it all over the line and I convinced David to be our sponsor and advocate. And he's here with us today, David. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. First of all, thanks for having me. It's an honour and a a pleasure to be on uh, the top-ranking organic podcast. Um, (laughs) Do you know what? It's quite a hard act to follow, really, isn't it? Gaza and the Shucks. So uh, (laughs) I can say I've had a number one, uh, was it a country song, did you say? Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I can't. Can't say I've had any uh, any achievements like like those two or four mentioned wow. um, people and and uh, but yeah, so it's great to be on the show and yeah. it was no brainer. You, you didn't need to convince me. <laughs> Brilliant, great, thank great you. To have you, mate. Thank you. Thanks for that. Well, I just want to get a little bit of background about Habu and the history before we come into the deal that got you into Bristol Sport um, and. You know, all of the content that that's brought to Habu, mm. etc. So, from looking at the About Us section on the Habu <laughs> internet very page, very well written, very well written <laughs> by by the head of brand, I, <laughs> I, I'm sure. It all started in 2017. Martin Bish and Paul Dodd. So, uh, first question is, what made them start Habu, and are they local people? Um, if we take it back a little bit, actually, to Ooh. before. 2017 they actually met on the side of a, a football pitch um so their sons were were playing in a match uh, they lived um and um and still primarily do live in, in Bath so they are local local people martin uh, he's a serial entrepreneur he's lo- launched a lot of um websites dating sites online dating sites etc um and a, a a fundraising um website as well called enfuse um and just a, a a very very switched on guy as is Paul who was um in charge of uh, all the supply chain and logistics um across Procter and Gamble um and he uh, he spotted a problem with uh, logistics and fulfillment as a whole and it, it was quite complex quite inaccessible to those um small growing companies and what Martin and Paul set out to to achieve was to democratize e-commerce by not only making it more accessible, but easier to understand. Our first tagline was fulfillment made easy. And it was all about making it very seamless. So everything from integrations to getting set up to actually getting fulfilling orders, that's their initial mission. That's what, why, why we came to market and to transform the fulfillment market as well uh, for the better. So that's that's a, a bit of a, a high level summary of how it, how it got going. Um, I should also mention as well, actually, that the operation started in Paul's garage. Wow. So Paul, Paul Dowd, as, as these of, things often do, like Hargreaves yeah, Lansdowne yeah. started in, uh, you know, Steve Lansdowne's bedroom in 1981. Well, this is the thing. I mean, Jeff Bezos, uh, Amazon as well, the garage. Mm. So all we need to be a successful businessman is a garage. Thankfully, <laughs> I've moved to a house now, which has got a garage. So I've got no excuses. Um, but the first first hub, um, and, and I'll come to what a hub is, uh, in, in our terms at least anyway, um, in a second, but uh, the first hub was in Paul's garage, and then they soon proved the concept, uh, moved into a, a self-storage facility in Bath, um, hired the first employees, and, and they soon took over the, the self-storage facility, so much so that they needed to, um, to, to get a proper premises that they could use full-time. Um, and after raising a round of funding, um, so investors were bought in, very confident that it, it was going to be something that would, you know, take to the market really well. 
Um, after that first round of funding, that was used to open up our first Bristol site, which is just outside or just in, in light green, just outside of Emerson's Green. So you probably see it if you're coming in off the M4 yeah, uh, yeah. from London, London kind of way, you'll, you'll see our, our, our fulfillment centre, our first one there. So, yeah, that's that's how it started. Wow. And so that's the first one. And uh, that is actually on my running route, um, more like walking route. I was going to say, you've not been running. Running that way very often. Well, I, I, as as people who know me know, I run with a parachute on. Yes, um, of course. So yeah. yeah, but um, but just explain uh, at a really high level what how you help businesses in terms of physically what happens. So I know that you get involved in picking, packing, um, posting, all of those things. Is it is it literally just bringing it all into one place so that uh, something's not produced then sent somewhere else to be picked and packed and so is it just bringing it all together so e-commerce fulfillment in its sim- simplest terms is exactly what you've described there in terms of picking packing and posting products on behalf of online sellers so we work with uh, people and businesses that are selling online via their, their online stores like a shopify for instance or marketplaces like uh, like Amazon or like eBay uh, and other other marketplaces internationally as well. So um, our what, one thing that really sets us apart is that we own the full uh, our, our own fulfillment solutions completely proprietary from start to finish. So it's it's completely owned and developed by, by our team of tech um, people. So we integrate for an API um, into those those online sales and marketplaces. So that as soon as an order is received by one of the online sellers that we're working with, that will go into um, one of our fulfillment centers. It's picked up by a hub manager who will um, locate that product, which will be in the hub, which is a micro warehouse. And we'll come back to that in a sec. Um, they'll locate that product. They'll pick it. They'll, they'll, they'll pack it in the way that they want it to be packed. That's the, the end user. And then post it to customers, not only domestically, but internationally as well. So what we become is an extension of the uh, the client's brand. We almost almost become a um, a retail um, uh, worker um, who is working with these uh, online retailers. So rather than it being warehousing, we see it as more like a hub manager will come in. That's what a warehouse operative is. They will come in. They'll open up their their hub, their store at the the, the start of the day, and they'll be fulfilling orders um, for for a handful of clients that they'll have on, on their hub. But you you got it completely right. That that's what we do. It's picking, packing, and posting products. It saves uh, the online retailers lots of uh, time. Um, often, uh, great cost savings as well compared to um, fulfilling in house and having huge overheads like warehouse space, security, etc., utilities, um, tax, etc. So we find that um, not only are we attractive to those small kind of startups, the ones that are trading out of their bedroom uh, or their garage um, or their um, their annex or, or something like that. And they're fulfilling their, their, their orders themselves by going down to the post office. Mm. We also are attractive to the large enterprise level clients because, because we own the full solution, we can be a lot, a lot more flexible and adaptable to their needs. So it's, pardon the pun, not an off-the-shelf solution. Mm-hmm. It's something that fits around their requirements and not, and not the other way around. So hopefully I've explained what yeah. I'm doing uh, yeah. in kind of layman's terms. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's I think that's what people often want, you know, is I, I try and... I, I try and say to people in my line of work, you need to explain something that 
that anyone off the street can come in and understand because there's lots of different people listening to this and listening to the messages in my in my workplace that that haven't got the same level as understanding so mm. if you go in too low with the with the low level detail you, we we sort of lose people but that's yeah. that's exactly you know how i envisaged it you must it must be quite um seasonal so i guess around christmas time you know there was that uh that that speedball that thing i can't remember what it was called now but things yeah. like that that must must cause you to have to um increase the workforce at, yeah. at seasonal in seasonal times is that would that be fair yeah a lot of capacity planning goes into it because the, the peak season is just about christmas the the gift giving season starts from about September onwards, uh, and if you think about the, uh, the the online retailer events now that happen, you've got Amazon Prime Day, so that's in the middle of uh, June. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also got um, Black Friday, you've got Cyber Monday, um, you've got Singles Day, which is big in, in Asia, and of course you've got Christmas um, and and Thanksgiving as well. So you've got all these um, uh, these events that retailers need to be ahead of the game on in con- terms of their inventory and making sure they've got the right stock levels in place. And that's really where we come in. So we will we'll start a recruitment drive around about this time so that we right. get people in. Um, uh, we can get people interested, first of all. We can then uh, get people in at the right time, train them up, and, and really set them free after that um, and um, w- watch them, them grow. And, and at the same time, we see um, lots of uh, you know, huge amounts of orders coming through. Some of our big clients are doing thousands upon thousands every day. We're talking tens of tens of thousands mm-hmm. at some point because we have some uh, retailers that we work with that um, they work with influencers. And right. a lot of, um, as, as you probably know, a lot of um, e-commerce is now through social media called social mm-hmm. social uh, social commerce. And mm-hmm. an influence really helped to drive that with live streams and promotions. So we we are adept at handling spiky fulfillment peaks as well. So you often um, you often know it's coming before it comes. Yeah. So we'll have forecasting. We'll look at we we, um, we have the benefit of data, so we can look at historical trends. Um, we can also look at industry trends as well and advise our clients as to when they need to be getting their stock to us. We also um, have a macro lens as well, where we look at. Um, what is happening in the the global supply chain? So, are there any uh, pinch points or pain points that people need to overcome? And by forward planning their fulfillment, they can um, they, they can guard against uh, these challenges that we've seen retailers face and stock shortages and and stock being in the wrong places um, just by being ahead of the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, you said the first hub was uh, in Light Green. Which is just over the road from Three Peeps HQ. Uh, where where else in the world can we find Habu Hubs these days? So yeah, the first fulfillment center was um, in Light Green, and then we we also took on the building pretty much next to it. Um, so that's Vertex Four and Vertex One. But you can see us in, uh, or you can find us in um, uh, just outside of, or just on the the, the edge of Bradley Stoke at Aztec West, just off the M5. We're in Chippenham as well. Our HQ is in Corn Street, which people should should know very well. Um, mm-hmm. And then we've also got our international locations as well. So um, our first uh, first international fulfillment centre was based in the Netherlands, and that helped you know, post Brexit. That helped our, our clients get their products into the hands of their customers in in mainland Europe um, much more efficiently and, and cost effectively. And then there's Spain and Germany, and we've got plans to open up in further locations as well. Um, to be confirmed. Um, so yeah, plenty of um, expansion plans on, on the way. Excellent. 
Well, so your brand really took off in terms of putting it in front of more people, especially in the Southwest, when you came to become sponsors of Bristol Sport. So Bristol City, uh, Bristol Bears and the Flyers. Uh, so tell us, first of all, about that, the how it sort of came about and the journey you went on to actually physically getting that brand on the shirt. And it was quite a journey. It was certainly uh, there was a lot of um, a lot of conversations, um, a lot of back and forth. Um, but it started um, when Paul Dodd said to me, he asked me, could you find out how much would four hospitality tickets be? So I went down to Ashton Gate with this clear brief in mind because uh, I'd, I'd reached out to Emily Joyce, who was the sales manager at the time. Uh, and it just so happened that our PR agency introduced um, someone called Ben Latty to, to me. Uh, ben Latty uh, at the time was a group, um, uh, group commercial director. He's now commercial director at Liverpool, uh, which is where he was actually before he came to Crystal Sport. So I met with, with Ben and I met with Emily. Um, and rather than talking straight away about what the hospitality package could look like for us, um, they, they went through the, um, the arena, the plans for the, the sporting quarter um, and the exciting stuff that was coming down coming down the track uh, with all things Bristol sport. Um, clearly, it piqued our interest and my interest in, in particular. So um, during that conversation, that first initial conversation, it became clear that the uh, incumbent sponsors that, that were on the on the shirts at the time, uh, they were, their, their contracts essentially were mm. up, up, coming to an end at the end of the season. I mean, they had the opportunity to, to renew, of course. Um, but Ben and Emily and the team, they were looking to do something quite transformative, as they always have done at Bristol Sport, I think. Mm. Um, so I came back to Habu HQ and I said, you know, there's, there's an opportunity here. To, about, to these, with... about those four tickets. Yeah, about those four tickets. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, we can do that, definitely. But, yeah, <laughs> but it might be wrapped up in something a bit bit more exciting and, and bigger. Um and as we had the conversations over the, the course of, of months, essentially, so we're talking, this was mid-September, um, and by the time that we announced the partnership, that was on the 16th of February, a date that I remember really well because I was down at the media day. Um, uh, so it, it does take a long time to get these, these uh, partnerships um, over the line. Um, it wasn't quite as, you know, we didn't have as much back and forth we, with the, the Free Peeps and the Podcast partnership. Uh, that, that's because Pat, Patrick that's quite, involved. That was uh, a much more straightforward deal, I think. Simple. You know, it, um, but when you consider you've got Bristol City that are in the championship, you've got a lot of nuances compared to if you are in the Premier League, uh, where you know, the, the, the nuances you, you would have would be maybe European, um, uh, getting, qualifying for European competition uh, and potentially promotion. Um Whereas with Bristol City, you've got promotion and you've got relegation. And we know that with rele relegation, there, there's a, you lose a lot of exposure. You lose a lot of media coverage um, if you do go down to the, the lower leagues. So we had to work all of that out in the, the agreement to, to make sure that we landed on something that was going to be a, you know, a good fit for, for everyone. Uh, and um, also, um, we, we had to consider the very real possibility of Bristol City getting promoted as well, which... Hopefully, will be next season. Um, yeah. I had a I had a chat with with Phil Alexander, the CEO, the other the day over lunch, and he said he's 
he's super confident that next season is is the one. I don't know if that's just him speaking as a CEO or whether he he does really believe that you know it is going to be uh, a fantastic yeah, you to, campaign. You have to um, be striving for that, don't you? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that's that's why you're in the game, really. The championship, as we know, is one of the most challenging leagues in the world. Um, they're very open. It, it, it can it can be you know frustrating with the parachute payments to the clubs that are coming down. Uh, financial play, fair play rules as well means you you can't just go out and spend lots of money. So what was really what was really good to see uh, at Bristol City when we met with Richard Gould was how much emphasis they put in both the academy and Brian Tinian's done a fantastic job as has been evidenced by the likes of Alex Scott, uh, Sam Bell, uh, Tommy Conway, etc. Um, and they invest a lot in analytics as well. So they've got a full data team um, that will will scour the market. It's kind of like, do you, do you remember that film Moneyball? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very much that that approach. And I think Brentford adopted that too, yeah, as we've seen, some great, mm. great success. So um, we were really, really um, interested and excited by the, the approach to developing uh, on the pitch. Um, and also, we were very impressed by all the work that was going on off the pitch with the Bristol City Foundation, with um, the Bears Foundation, with the Bristol Sport Foundation. Um, and some of the key things for us coming on board as a principal partner, uh, it wasn't just about a big brand play. It wasn't just about customer acquisition. Those two things are clearly very important to us mm. as a business. Um, but the community and getting involved in the, the local community, because we really wanted to you know, invest in, in, uh, in Bristol. That's where we, we, whilst we were born in Bath, we really grew up in Bristol. Mm. Um, and to be really part of that community and, and to to invest in in the the only sporting institute uh, from a football perspective, uh, <laughs> at least anyway, it was uh, was for us really um, really one of the big reasons why we we wanted to do something um, something quite 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 great really. And we mm. we've got aligned uh, missions. We want we both want to make Bristol really proud. I know that you know that's been something that Steve's been very keen on. Steve Lansdowne. Yeah. Um, and we want to do the same, you know, we want to be one of the success stories from Bristol. Um, and I think, you know, the, the this partnership has been great for building our brand, getting foundations in place. And, and yeah, we've, we've got plenty more exciting stuff to come along. So, um, yeah, it's very much great to start. So, obviously, think, go on, Matt. Sorry, Pat, I was going to say, I think for me, David, one one of the big things was that it was that local Bristol connection. Um, you know, you, you kind of had other sponsors in, in the past, some of which you didn't really know. Um, but Habu, exactly for, for the reasons you said in terms of location, I knew who, who Habu were. Um, but that local connection, I think, has a massive impact on City fans. We like the fact that you're, you know, as you say, you've grown up in Bristol. So, yeah, that, that's such a positive thing, Patch, isn't it, from our point of view? Absolutely. And and one more thing that wound me up is that the last few sponsors, because they were gambling companies, yeah. the kids' shirts had something different. They did they yeah. had like Robins on them Robins, or something like that. They could so, it, could they, yeah. And it, and I've got nephews who are Bristol City fans and they literally wear that stuff all the time. Um and it used to wind them up that they couldn't wear the same shirt as the players. So yeah, the fact so that you are not a gambling, not a gambling site, a local company that has got the yeah. same values, trying to uh, aspire and build the same sort of culture, I, th I think is fantastic. You're right, yeah. dead right to say that, Matt. Yeah. 
And it, it is quite rare these days when, and it's great to see the, the Premier League kind of stepping in um, and, 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 you know, restricting the amount of betting sponsors that you, you, you'll see on front of shirt, which I think is a great step forward. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and, but it's quite rare, um, you know, at that time that when we, we, we came on board as a principal partner for us not to be a crypto firm, for us not to be a, 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 a betting firm, because it just seems to be, um, it, it's, it's rife in, in football. Mm. And, and you have, um, for me, it's not about just slapping a sponsor logo onto a shirt. You know, a partnership should be very authentic and have a lot more to it than that. Um, and being local, um, it makes it quite unique in that sense that there aren't too many local partnerships that exist yeah. uh, at the top of the, the football ladder. Um, and the other thing as well that, we, that made it even more unique is unifying not only the, the men's and the, uh, sorry, the men's, women's um, and um, uh, city kids shirts, but the whole group. So yeah. Bristol Bears, front of shirt for them, Bristol Bears women, Bristol Flyers, the whole whole five um, clubs within the Bristol Sports Stable. Mm-hmm. Um, to do that made it more even more unique as a partnership and one that I'm, as a Bristol lad myself, I'm immensely proud of. Um, yeah, it should be. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's something that um, we've still got, as I said, a lot of exciting stuff to do wow. together. Um, and obviously with the Bristol City women's team getting promotion to the, the WSL as well, must be fantastic for you in terms of having uh, your, your the Bristol City women in the top tier. Yeah, and not only that, one of our colleagues, Jazz uh, Jasmine Ball, um, plays for Bristol City Women's as well. So a uh, big oh, shout right, out to her as well. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, big shout out. She got her first um, professional goal as well away at Sunderland in a comprehensive five 0 victory. And we were there. I, I took my son um, uh, to the the, the game um, against Charlton. Absolutely loved it. Do you know his first ever football game uh, was a Bristol City women's game against um, Liverpool. Right. Okay. Uh, the the end of last season. Yeah, that's right. The one at Ashton Gate. Yeah. um, Yeah, But it's great to see, and it's so um, we're obviously really proud of of uh, what they've achieved, and and women's football as we we've seen with the Lionesses, the success they've had. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've got friends in you know, North Bristol, Winterbourne, that are very connected with the the youth scene in terms of uh, girls football. You know, it's it's almost oversubscribed at the moment, which is great to see. You know, it's it's um, becoming more and more um, attractive, I think, to for, for uh, women to get into football. Um, yeah. So, so and for us, selfishly, it's great for them to, them of being course. in the women's super league because. Is, yeah. They'll play against the the, the powerhouses of Chelsea and of Man City and and Arsenal, um, yeah. and, Arsenal and, and Manchester United. So, um, so really well done to them. Um, and yeah, we're we're looking forward to to seeing them a, a lot more at Ashton Gate next season. Absolutely, yeah. And and hot off the press today, the Bristol Flyers have entered into the European North Basketball League. Uh, so not only will they be in the, the domestic league, but they're also going to be taking part in Europe. So your brand will be going across they Europe. They are indeed, yeah. So that's a really great step forward, I think, for, for the Bristol Flyers, 100%, and for the BBL as well, because I think there's a lot more focus now on the British Basketball League. Um, and and one, also, one other thing to mention as well is that this Friday, um, the Bristol Flyers are in action. In the semi-final, the playoff um, against Leicester Riders with the return leg on Sky Sports on Sunday. So they sold, sold out in 15 minutes, which is wow. phenomenal for them. Wow. Uh, that was a record for them. So um, 
Yeah, we're, we're really proud to see the, the teams, um, you know, performing well. Um, and we've had a few instances where all five teams have won on the same weekend. doesn't happen very often. So <laughs> certainly got to celebrate it when it does. Uh, a, cu- a couple of promotions uh, in your first year would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> would, would be nice, yeah. It, it, uh, when it comes to Bristol City, though, that would cost us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Worth yeah. it, though, David. We're, we're 100%, sure. <laughs> yeah. so I just need to get that, that by our, our, our CFO, Peter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, excellent stuff. You've got a, a a big game coming up, a big charity game. Um, now, I'm going to come to Matt first on this because, Matt, you worked with Rob Davis um, at Royal Sun Alliance. Just tell us a little bit about Rob, and then I'm going to hand over to David to tell about this charity game and how people can support it. Wow. Um, I've got to try and not get too emotional because he was a, a good friend of mine, Rob. Um, just, just a larger-than-life character. He was... Uh, a, a man mountain of a man, um, tall like me, probably carried a bit of weight that he didn't want to carry. Um, didn't stop him doing anything, sport. You know, I've I've played football with him five aside for many years, badminton, um, pool, but just, I mean, it, it gets banded around too often. But just one of the nicest people you could ever meet. He was always there for anybody that needed him. Um. You know, when, when you were down, you know, you could count on Rob. Um, he was just a, such, such a really lovely guy. Lovely family, his, his wife and two sons, who is what he lived for. Um, I mean, he liked he liked a night out, Rob, but it was all about his his, his wife and kids. Um, and yeah, it was just such a, such a complete shock. Um, I got a phone call the next day from another close friend of ours. Um, and, and weirdly... I kind of knew, even though I'd, I'd spoke to Rob probably a couple of weeks before, funnily enough, at the city ground, but I kind of knew when 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 this lad phoned me that it was going to be something connected with Rob, but didn't know it was going to anything, be anything like that. Mm. And I think that the testament to Rob is um, when I went to his, his funeral, I've never been to a funeral where there were so many people there. People stood outside, you know, every seat taken, every available floor space taken. People stood outside in the car park because he was just such a popular guy. And from people that he worked with years and years ago, right up until all the people that he was working with at Habu in a job that I know that he loved. Um, and, yeah, it's just, just, I mean, tragic. But, yeah, from from Rob's point of view, I, I can't speak highly enough of the man. He was just such a lovely, lovely man and is is very much missed um, by his, his friends and his family alike, and I'm sure all of his colleagues as well, yeah. Yeah, good job, Matt. Um, so, David, over to you. You've got a charity game coming up on the pitch at Ashton Gate. Do you want to tell us a little bit, a bit more about that? Yeah, yes, yeah, certainly. Um, firstly, yeah, echo that sentence there. Large in life is actually how I would, would, was going to describe him as, as well. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first um, one of the first conversations I had with Rob. He said to me, okay, marketing, what's the most exciting thing you've got coming up? <laughs> and I told him about the Bristol City thing, and he was just blown away. He yeah. was so proud. Um, but he he led a team that, that were affectionately known as the Bobby Dazzlers. Um, and the the sales because he worked in the in the, the sales function at Habu, the sales team recently went out for um, uh, for a race night at Bath Races, and they all lumped on on one of the horses in the last race called the uh, Bobby Dazzler, and he just <laughs> just just um got pipped at the post he came second but they they still 
they did uh, win a win a bit of money off that and uh, raised a, a few few glasses to to Rob on that night. So excellent! Oh, um, they really really uh, sorely missed and a great character. Yeah. Um, and then yet yeah, onto um, the the fundraising game. So we uh, on the on May the eighteenth uh, we are playing on the pitch. Uh, Rob Davis, uh, his family and friends, they are organising a team that will play against. A, a select few, a select lucky few from Habu. Um, the squad was announced yesterday, uh, so a few <laughs> few surprises in there. Um, but uh, it's all all in aid of the British Heart Foundation. And there is a GoFundMe link that um, I think we'll be able to to put on on yeah. on the link for, for here as well um, to raise money for what is a, a brilliant cause. And and to, and we, we are really looking forward to celebrating Rob's life once again. Yeah. Uh, on the hallowed turf of, of Ashton Gate, and I'm sure it'd be a, a great occasion um, that um, yeah, that Rob would have um, would would love. Um, Absolutely. So um, I, I hope we put on a love... good a, a good game for him. That's all, yeah. all I hope for. <laughs> would love would love to have been part of it, knowing the big fella, because uh, he he, uh, he loved his football, and and I, I you know I've seen Kelly and uh, Kane and Tommy at, at the City game you know, numerous times sort of since. So yeah, I know that they're looking forward to it, and and again, great yeah, great lads and and um, Kelly as well. So no, it's going to be a special special day for them. Excellent. Yeah. Well, let's hope we raise as much money as possible. And as I say, yeah, the GoFundMe link will be on our uh, Twitter at three p i a p c. So do check that out. And David, will you Appreciate be it. lacing up your boots? Uh, not after last year, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got bad memories of uh, of playing on the pitch at Ashton Gate. I missed a penalty, but then, but then I thought, well, at least I got a penalty. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. you know swings and roundabouts. The only one we got um, last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but <laughs> um, I, I won't be as I played last year. I'm I'm seeding my 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 position. So uh, I'll be in the crowd, um, uh, raising a, a toast to, to Rob as well. So um, yeah, looking forward to just being there as a spectator without having to lace my boots. Excellent. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Before we move off of Habu, uh, obviously this season. The shirt launch at the beginning of the of the year with the fifty four fifty five promotion team, the nod to that, and then the kit change halfway through the year to the eighty eight eighty nine season, which is when I started watching Bristol City. So I was well up for well up yeah. for that. liked liked the first one as well with the collar. I like the collar, but um, yeah. So you've had two shirts this season in terms of Habu frontage. Yeah, we've been spoiled, really, haven't we? Um, but. I mean, the, the situation as to how it came about was very much out of Bristol City's hands um, with a with a third party supplier, um, and you know whilst I, I also loved the the in fact I loved all the, the the shirts that they've released. Maybe I'm a bit biased, but the ones that they released this season have been yeah ones that will live long in the memory uh, yeah, for me. Sure. But um, Matt's got them all. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my son's got them all. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but, um, but yeah, so um, it, it came about quite suddenly. We had to, uh, well, Bristol City and Fever Pitch, the, the creative agency, had to work um, quite quickly to turn it around in time. So we were part of that process. Um, it just so happened that um, through, through the season or during the season, we had actually... Um, uh, changed our, our brand, matured our brand with the Castle yeah. in the, the Streamline box. So for us, it was a, a, an opportunity to introduce the brand, uh, the new brand, a little bit earlier. Um, but I did also like to your point, um, 
patch. Love the throwback to the high right shirt. It was, wasn't it? The, yeah. the stripes. So um, I managed to have a, a word with Liz prior at the Fever Pitch, and she kindly, uh, uh, she kindly got me a replica ahead of ahead of time. One of very very few, I think. Uh, and I wore it to the Man City game, and I've never had so much attention from middle-aged men before <laughs> in my life. So how do you get your hands on that? How do you get your hands on that? But thankfully now it's out. It's out there. It's uh, yeah. available to, to purchase. Um, but the kit launches have been fantastic. I oh, think. they're always amazing, aren't they? Yeah, the, the the effort that goes into them behind the scenes with the media team and, and the thought that goes into them as well. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, lot of hard work and effort that, that does go into each of them. Um, Talking so, of kit launches, uh, I particularly liked your Bristol Bears shirt launch on the on the uh, basket of a hot air balloon. Yeah, that was um, <laughs> just a, a, an opportunity that we couldn't couldn't miss really. So yeah. I, it, the idea I'd formed the idea back in February. I think I spoke to Mark Kelly uh, about because we just we were just just about got our hands on the balloon at that point, mm. and um, I proposed. Ooh, could we maybe fly it from the centre circle of Ashton Gate at some point? <laughs> um, and then maybe we could have some kind of like massive city shirt underneath it, you know, mm. that, you know, as a way of launching it. Um, but timing meant it was actually more more realistic, um, you know, around August time for, for the Bristol Bears to uh, to do it for, for the Bristol Bears home shirt. And it, mm. we just... We we also the one of the sponsors of the balloon fiesta, so we just brought it all together and used yeah. one of the the master scents in the morning to to launch that. So got a great amount of coverage. Um, That's fantastic. Big old shirt. It's four meters by four meters. We got a local supplier as well to manufacture it, um, and then it it lived in my cupboard for ages, um, and, <laughs> and now it's it's back down at Ashton Gate uh, again. I don't know who it's probably probably just about fits Ellis Genge. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Well, Matt, yeah, you love... We'll have to see uh, we'll Have to see what we can do for Bristol City. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Up the ante. Yeah. Um, Matt, you, yeah. you obviously collect all the all the kits and you know, you particularly like this this season's. Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, it was a, a throwback to it. Um, and it, it's one of those shirts where we've often said, haven't we, why don't we go back to looking at that sort of style because it was so iconic. So... Mm. When it came out, I mean, it was still a surprise, but when it came out, yeah, I think um, so many fans really, really love it. Yeah, yeah, really love it. Fantastic. Well, David, thank you um, very much for taking the opportunity to come on the podcast and also for supporting us, sponsoring us, advocating us this season um, on the bonus show and uh, obviously roll on next season. We've got one more game to go. QPR on Monday. Matt and I are off on Monday. On the train. uh, yeah, on the train, a few beverages shall be consumed. Um, yeah, absolutely. But roll on next season. Obviously, we we obviously, we always keep an eye on on the Bears, on the women. The one thing I haven't done yet is go to a Flyers game. So we must get along to a Flyers game. Yeah, next yeah. do you know what? I, I promised myself I would because I when I went to New York last, I went to Madison Square Garden um, and just fell in love with it. It was absolutely amazing, the experience, but really enjoyed the basketball as well. So... Um, yeah, I, mu- I must get along to a, a basketball game as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a great family affair. There's lots of families that go, that go there. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's normally a sellout as well. I know this game is yeah. sold out for, for Friday. Um, so it probably would look like next season. Uh, yeah. But definitely get yourself down. I'd highly recommend yeah. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Right, let's come on to some of our usual segments on the Three Peeps regular show. So for those who haven't listened before, we do the Room of Doom. This is a complete ripoff of Room 101. So we go around the table and everyone throws in something that has particularly annoyed them recently. Um, and then we get to vote on which one goes into the Room of Doom. So Matt, I don't know if you are lined up to go first. Well, it kind of annoyed me today, really. Um, but it is it's actually a, a future event, but it made me think of something. Um, and it's to do with tennis, because Emma Raducanu's announced that she's not going to be taking part at Wimbledon. Um, but one thing that, that absolutely annoys me, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to go to Wimbledon a number of times, is the crowd. And in particular, when they applaud or um, cheer, at things that just don't warrant applause or cheer, i.e. a pigeon landing on the court and flying off. It gets a round of applause. And 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 I was desperate. I mean, as you can tell, I was desperately trying to think of something. But when I saw the Emma Raducanu, I was thinking, tennis, oh my God, that annoys me so much. Because like I said, I've been there so many times. And it's just, well, it's, a, it's a bird. What are you clapping at? Is or... that because the tennis is so boring? No, I'm, honestly, mate, if you've never been to Wimbledon. No, again, I, I so... know. It might have been a boring match. It's, it's incredible. But yeah, just just generally tennis fans who... Actually, that's happened, at, that's happened at Ashton Gate in the past when it's been a not a great game and seagulls start flying around. Exactly. It's just like, well, what? I mean, <laughs> even if it's a boring game, come on, don't clap a, a seagull because it swooped and landed on the goal mouth. But uh, maybe that's, yeah. that says more about me. So... so- as you can tell, David, these Roma Dooms get quite obscure. Yes. Um, yeah. I've had some really obscure ones because I've done 190 or 191 uh, now. But um, I'll go. I'll go next, and mine is uh, my 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 local uh, petrol station experiences. Um, so there's a couple of people that annoy me: petrol pump blockers. So people who once they've you know once they've pulled up. They get out, do their petrol, go in the garage, stay in the garage, do their weekly shop, then come back out, then sit in their car and text. So they basically are, there's, it's, it's just, there's spaces. If you want to go and do your shop, there's, there's spaces. So there's people who dawdle at the petrol pump mm. for one reason or another. So yeah, that's my entry uh, submission for the Room of Doom. How about yourself, David? That's quite a lot of thoughts gone into yours. I feel a bit embarrassed saying mine, but mine's quite generic and it actually happens. Well, it happens quite regularly. See, I'm a strider. I like to walk fast. And it really, really winds me up when you've got slow walking people in front of you. Oh, uh, and just they, they seem, I don't know what it is. If it's not their size or anything like that, but they seem to be able to take up an awful lot of room, even when they're and, and, and be really slow at the same time. Mm. That for me, I, I like. I don't like walking. I just like to get from A to B as quickly as possible with <laughs> as, as little faff as possible. Uh, and when you've got people dawdling, the different yeah. type of dawdling, that just reminds me like I just think they've got no drive, no determination to get where they want to be. And I want to get there. Um, so that. That happened to me today. Happened to me today walking. Um, so you know, along the harbour side on the bit from Zaza Bazaar to the centre, where it's like undercover, walking along past stable and places like that. And mm. it was two slow walkers blocking that I couldn't get around them. And I was just sort of I felt like Lewis Hamilton trying to overtake. Yeah. I was like looking for that opening to go around and then get round in time. 
It's like when you've got those two, two articulated lorries that one yeah. will overtake the other <laughs> yeah. on a dual carriageway and it takes you up five minutes for it to pass yeah. the other one, even though it's, it's going like marginally um, uh, quicker than the other one. But, uh, so, any- sun, Sunday strollers, I think we'll call them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, anybody walking anywhere near you, Patch, is walking slow because, <laughs> yeah, I, I just hate those football away trips where we're having to walk anywhere. It's like you're... 40 feet in front of me within seconds because yeah a i walk slowly so apologies it's probably me you've been stuck behind <laughs> but but b you're just like a man possessed so yeah. yeah me and me and david should go for a walk and have a competition yeah. i think yeah I think you should, yeah. Yeah. yeah brilliant right okay so we've got uh uh what so we've got sunday strollers we've got yep. petrol pump hoggers blockers um and matt i still don't know what to call yours Wimbledon, um, <laughs> um, I don't know, yeah. Um, happy clappers, yeah. Happy clappers, yeah. Happy clappers, is. yeah. Okay, right. So, Matt, you've got to pick between uh, me and David. Well, and with the greatest respect to David, I can't go for slow walkers because I am a slow, yeah, that's, that will, that's that, fair that, enough. That, that, that would be to be, say that you are, you are annoying yourself, exactly, yeah. Um, but also the, the petrol pump winds me up. And the other one is when they, they pull into like a forecourt. So Sainsbury's at Emerson's a really good one. Massive forecourt. And they literally come off the little mini roundabout and wait at the entrance because they've not decided which one of the pumps is likely to go oh, first. Yeah, yeah. And they can't pull in behind. So then everything stacks behind. So, yeah, I'm going to go for the petrol uh, the petrol, petrol pump blockers. Petrol pump blockers, yeah. Yeah. All right, David. Fair one. Um, I probably would go for the same actually, because uh, it, it it yeah twigs something in my, my mind about yeah that's happened to me again quite recently, yeah. um, and it is just it, it's pointless. It really is pointless. Um, but yeah, so I'll let, I'm going to go for that one as well. It's when it's when they they get back in their car and you think right they're going now, and then three minutes later they're still there, and yeah, I pull up alongside them and they're sat there texting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, or putting or... struggling to put their seatbelt on or yeah. yeah. Okay, well, it's no no surprise that I'm going for the Sunday strollers. So, well, uh, no, so definitely not. Yeah, one vote for David, two votes for me. Uh, I've won this week's Room of Doom, and I don't think I've won for quite some time. So I'm happy about that. To yeah, be fair, fair play. Um, good stuff. Right, uh, another segment we've got is recommendations. So uh, this can be anything. Uh, we've had TV programs, we've had apps, we've had restaurants. It can be absolutely anything um i'll kick off with um so anyone who's got netflix obviously there's loads to watch and i only get really now go on netflix or prime or disney plus and that's that's my tv these days rarely watch live tv but if you've got netflix on your phone you can go onto netflix you can you go scroll through the page and there's now netflix games okay not a lot of people know about this um, and for anyone who's who plays games on their phone or has got kids who plays games on their phone, the kids' games are just littered with adverts unless you pay like $9.99 or, or even more than that, and it can be quite risky. Um, but these games are ad-free, and if you've got Netflix, you've paid for them already. So go on Netflix. Sorry, get the app for Netflix on your phone, scroll down, go to games, click on which one. There's there's hundreds, and they're all really good as well. I've, I'm playing, a, I've got a mini golf one on there at the moment, which is quite addictive, oh, right. for example. Yeah. Um, and you, it takes you to the Netflix app store. You, you download it free of charge, and it's on your phone. So hopefully that is going to 
save a lot of people some time and effort of installing these these other apps that constantly ask you to watch an advert for another app and then go from there but uh david have you ever ever experienced netflix games i haven't actually no, i didn't realize that that existed um yeah. so I, I will, i'm sure sure my my son will also appreciate uh finding that <laughs> app as well so we'll, we'll probably give that a go at some point over yeah, the course absolutely. Of the days and see see what's on there there's some real quality on there. There's some adult games. There's some kids games like the Walking Dead game that they've got on Netflix is really good, for example. Um, but yeah, definitely everyone who's listening, have a look at the options. And yeah, it's uh, it, they, it's well worth a look. Um, Matt, we'll come to you next. So mine is a TV um, program and it is a Netflix one. Um, and it's one that we talked about um, and I was saying about the film, but it's... Um, a new documentary that's gone on there called American Manhunt, the Boston Marathon bombing. Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, really good. Which, I, when you mentioned it to me, um, I have I said to you about the film with Mark Wahlberg, and I can't think what it's called now. It's gone completely out of my head. Um, but I'd watched the film with Mark Wahlberg, um, so kind of knew a fair bit about it. Um, but yeah, I watched the documentary um, over the last two nights, and it is just, Incredible in terms of it happening, um, but then incredible in terms of how they really caught them, um, but also sort of showed the painstaking way that they have to process these sort of massive crimes um, and how they sort of you know, find them. In um, so yeah, we're like, we're like, well, I'm going to say we're like spoiling it. Obviously, it's a true yeah. story, so you know what happens. But yeah. it's just a really, really good documentary, as, as Netflix often are, aren't they, with a lot of what they do. So. Have yeah. a look through IMDb, Matt, when we come to David, and see if you can yeah. find out what that... Um, I will do, yeah. Because I'm scrolling through, and I can't... It's not obvious, should we say. Because no, I'll, I'll so, I, I want to watch the, the film version now, because I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And Netflix do such great documentaries. Um, I think I'm watching another one called... I think it's Catching a Murderer or Catching a Killer. Um, and they are so well done mm-hmm. in terms of... They sit the people down involved, you know, 15, 20 years later, and they... It's the way they film it. I, I I do a lot of videos and obviously podcasts for my job as well. So I'm always interested in in little nuances like that. And actually, Matt, the thing that you recommended to me on a different podcast or maybe even driving to an away match was the um the Rocky uh the Rocky how, Yeah, the and it's how, how they yeah. made no not the actual film, the uh, making of it. Yeah, the making the make- of the editing. Yes. And yeah. seeing Sylvester Stallone stood in this little box room of a of an office yeah. with a guy on the doing all the editing he's saying twist it around a little bit twist it around and I, I completely got where he was coming from and all of that yeah it's called patriots day with Mark ah Wilson. right because okay. obviously the boston the boston marathon took place on patriots day and yeah there we go right i shall watch that hopefully that's on netflix or prime or somewhere it's definitely um, on it's definitely on prime brilliant lovely stuff right david there's a little bit left field, um, and I think it's influenced heavily by the fact that I've recently moved house. But Facebook Marketplace is incredible. You can get so many, like so many bargains on there, um, ranging from like just your normal everyday kind of um, uh, household goods through to you know kids' toys, entertainment, cars, etc. I've just been scrolling through for days looking at bargains i picked up a welsh dresser and a bureau the other day um so yeah it's just full of like like all these gems that 
you know, I say one man's trash and another man's treasure. And it's certainly <laughs> true when it comes to Facebook market, uh, marketplace. So we're doing a few upcycling projects at the moment um, uh, because we, we've got a lot of like a lot of, a lot of furniture to get really, you know, yeah, starting, uh, starting again in the, in the new place. So, um, so Facebook marketplace for me has been a bit of a, not a game changer. I wouldn't go that far, but I'd highly recommend it no. to, to people looking to pick up uh, a real bargain. So that's been in my room of doom in the past uh, episode. Is it really? Yeah, but not for not the actual concept. But if you're selling something, let's say I'm selling something on there for I don't know, fifteen quid, and people come on and say, "Would you accept twelve pounds?" Yeah. Well, no, it's fifteen pounds, <laughs> and then it's like first reserve, second reserve. There's so much politics involved with mm. selling something on Facebook Marketplace, because often they're selling it on, you know, Amazon's Green Mums or something else as well. So it's so there's like all sorts of people playing off against each other. So the, the politics of selling on Facebook are quite uh, quite hard to get around. I think from a buyer's pers- perspective, it's probably a lot better than it is from a seller's perspective. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, that, that, so as a... If you are a buyer, if you're looking for some uh, just anything, anything random, then yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, but if if, pa- if Patch is selling anything, don't haggle. No, <laughs> yeah. but but like it, it's even it's even worse when you know my wife's selling like kids' clothes and stuff like that, and it's like three pound. They say, "Will you accept two pound fifty? Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. But some people just like to barter; they like to feel that they, they get do. a better deal. Better deal, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll put it on yeah. for four pound. Face value. Yeah. Maybe that's I'll start. That. Maybe I'll, I'll start that tactic. That's what yeah. you have to do, Patch. Is put it on for more than you expect, and then you're happy to be knocked down. It's like selling a house. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> yeah, lovely stuff. Okay, well, thank you again, uh, David, for coming on and just giving giving us the background of the story of Habu, uh, how you got into Bristol Sport, and yeah, so it's it's roll on to to the next season for Bristol City, um, men and women. Bristol Bears and Women Bears. Women Bears? Women Bears? Is that what they're called? Yeah, Bears Women. Bristol yeah. Bears Women. Okay. And then obviously the basketball, which Matt and I definitely need to get along to. Yeah, we'll do next um, time, definitely. Yeah. But will yeah, you no, be no. will you be flying the balloon at the balloon fiesta in August? Not um, yourself. Not yourself, but <laughs> um so it, yeah, it, it's um weather permitting, it's likely to be be down there. Um, our, our balloon operators, uh, Bailey Balloons or Bailey Exclusive, will will be. They're a big, big part of the balloon fiesta. They're one of the of organisers, and on, uh, and and so yes, yeah, so the Habu balloons should be a big, big part of that. We just got to hope for great weather. Uh, it was yeah. almost too good last it year. Was, yeah. Too hot, too it hot was too hot last night in the evening. Yeah, so you had to have early starts. The mass attempts were uh, at six o'clock in the morning, so you had to get down there. And maybe yeah, yeah. we'll uh, maybe we'll see the the Bristol City away shirt mat hanging off the bottom yeah. of a basket. Who knows? That'd, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. And if it's a if it's a four meter by four meter, I'll have it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> Thank you. Brilliant. Love that. Thanks right. for having me, gents. No, really, David. Uh, Thank you for your support, mate. Thank yeah. You thanks for sponsoring the podcast, and uh, we'll be back soon with uh, the last bonus show of the season. Uh, which is going to be QPR away. We've got some special episodes coming up of the bonus show through the close season, the top five. Um, so your your Bristol City top five goalkeeper, fullback, centre-back, midfielder, winger, striker, manager, and moment. So that's going to keep us busy through the summer to uh, keep keep the Habu sponsors happy with the number of podcasts. And um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Thank you. 
and uh, yeah but uh, thanks for listening everybody do follow us over on Twitter at 3PIAPC and uh, yeah we'll be back soon cheers all thanks Matt Take care, all. all the best all the best I'm drifting along it's a one way road just like the tumbleweed or a standing stone far away from the city call Find myself on another bar store. Taking the time to think and pray on the life that I once had before it fades away. Taking the time to talk and laugh. One more time with my father who's passed Oh, I'm drowning in a whiskey pool Oh, I'm drifting far away from you Oh, and now I'm a whiskey fool To think I would look my best You might like to think I'm rough But you don't know me yet This bar I'm in don't like to judge Cause I've seen the desolation of life and Turning in